Monday, November 27, 2023. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. The purpose of this live stream is to make the daily news bow its knee to the king. Amen. Proverbs 27, verse 12. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Naive people just kind of walk right into the evil. The prudent people see it and hide themselves from the pending evil. Today, I'd like to talk to you about Elon in Israel. I think that there are massive implications. One glaringly obvious thing about the scope of information in the world and how ideas play. Then I want to, if I can, take a tour to Ireland and discuss the fallout that's going there, uh, going on there, the demographic change, the open borders for an island nation that's changing its demographics are leading to politicians openly, brazenly speaking about how they want to destroy freedom for the common good. This is stupid. And then lastly, Lord Willen, I'd like to end on this case by Daniel Richard. Daniel Richard is a patriot in New Hampshire who has a lawsuit in the United States Supreme Court that's supposed to be going on this Wednesday, two days from now. And I would like to analyze that from that perspective because I believe that election integrity is is critical. Uh, I myself would look at it from a maladministration perspective. We'll get to that. We'll we'll get into those types of things. But I'd like to walk through that case as best as I can because I think that it's important for people to learn what the law is, what their rights are. Because this guy's saying a lot of stuff that I really like and I really agree with, and I hope he's right. I, I, I hope he gets his way. I hope the elections are brought back. But I saw one very obvious, glaring thing, in my opinion, that'll kill the case. Before I start that, I'd like to direct your attention to the patriotswitch.com slash Jaren option. Take the money that you're already spending. You're already spending this money. Switch it over to American Manufacturing. That link registration is at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Now, one of the reasons why you would do this today is because this is the shopping season. You're already spending more money during this uh, holiday season. If you don't want to, if you can find these stuff locally, amen, God bless, go do that. I believe the craziness of the world is calling for people to be more deliberate with the way that they do stuff. This is a way for you to use your money in a different way, to think differently. It will be different and challenging and hard because it's not Walmart or Costco or Amazon, what we have been trained to do, which has gotten us the world we have. So if you want to be disciplined, diligent, and stewarding your money that you want or that you have that God gave you, switch it over to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Thank you very much. Elon is in Israel. I got one question. Why? Why is Elon in Israel? He is unelected. He's not a Jew that I know of. He's not a Muslim that I know of. Why is Elon in Israel? Now, just just stop for a second and, and ask yourself, he's the, he's the richest man in the world. Okay, but there's other multi-billionaires. There's other people who are worth lots of money. Do they get invites? Do they get personal tours? with the Prime Minister through the war zones? 
what about Elon is making it to where he gets this red carpet rollout in Israel? This is going to be incredible. You already know the answer, but first let's set it up. This is the recent footage of Elon touring the devastation, the places where Israel, uh, where Israelis were murdered by radical, horrible Muslim extremists. Watch this commentary follows. Last night, some of them uh, returned home. Not home yet, but they returned to Israel. And, uh, most of them were kidnapped from the houses over here. Is when the terrorists infiltrated into the kibbutz itself. This is the house of Bilhah. On his way back, he noticed several terrorists that were right over here. It's a, it's a symbol in the kibbutz. You have kids inside, mothers and the fathers running around with them. But it's holding shells, specifically of a negative, that was used here in order to protect the people. Them in order to breach doors or windows. The murder of innocent Israeli citizens is vicious and evil. I have been specific in my criticism and my suspicion of the Israeli government. How does the mass? How does that massive border get penetrated by these uh, stupid, you know, vicious insurgents? I believe Hamas is militant, therefore it's Islamic and it's evil, and they're going to go to hell, and they need to believe the gospel. And if you can put a bullet in their head because they are intending to kill you, it's war. So I've, I've had my suspicions of the Israeli government, and I am no friend of Hamas at all. And so from someone who doesn't want war in the Middle East and doesn't want American blood or treasure or munitions or equipment in the Middle East, that is my position. I want peace. Does it seem strange? Let me put it this way. I'm from Oklahoma. Oklahoma has a lot of tornadoes. And when things get destroyed by tornadoes, that day after the tornado has gone through, people start helping each other clean up their homes. That video is almost like it's a, it is a, it is a tourist attraction. It is now going to, it seems like it's going to be a place they haven't cleaned it up. Why are there still gun cases? Why are there still uh, you know bullet casings? 
Why are there still dilapidated structures? Why have they not bulldozed it and start rebuilding? Why have the people who own those properties not started rebuilding? In Oklahoma, that happens. Now, you could say, well, it's a war zone and they can't do that because Gaza is right there or the Hamas people are right there. Okay, I, I could understand that. I could understand that. But it hit me while I was watching that video when Elon Musk is taking the picture. I believe that that will be the new thing. That will be the new touring of Auschwitz in order to see the oppression of the Jews. Now, I'm not saying this because I belabor the point. I think that you need, I mean, we memorialize 9-11. That's important to show where you mourn and where you see the, the bad things that were done to your people. Amen. But why is Elon Musk there? And why is this happening with Elon Musk at the kibbutz, I think is how you say it, there in Israel? I want to go, if before we answer that question, I want to go to the next part. This is Elon Musk on an X space last night with Benjamin Netanyahu. And Elon's catching a lot of flack for this from, uh, you know, uh, the, the pro-Palestinian people. Because he's likening, he's likening what needs to happen or what he says needs to happen in Gaza as what needs to happen in Germany. And so the pro-Palestinian people, or I should say the, the anti-Jew people, because that's, that's, that's interesting bedfellows right now. So the anti-Jew people are meeting with the pro-Palestinian people coming together to say, um, you know, Elon's comments are likening uh, Hamas and or likening Palestinians to, is, uh, to to Nazi Germany. Really bizarre. Really bizarre. We'll do some commentary follows, but it's very interesting to me that the richest man in the world is getting a guided tour by the Prime Minister of Israel in a place where a month and a half, almost two months after devastating, vicious murders happened, no cleanup is happening. And it's being done with all sorts of media fanfare and all sorts of attention. There is something very powerful going on with these people at that place for this context right now. But we're going to build that when we look to Elon's audio with Netanyahu on this X space where he makes this comment about Germany and the need to clean up Germany. Listen to this. Yeah, and then we have to also rebuild Gaza and I hope to have our Arab friends help in that context. Yeah, and, and you know, um, I'd like to help as well. So and I think it's 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 important to pair firmness uh, in taking out the the, the terrorists, the, those who wish to, or intent on murder, and then at the same time to then help uh, those who remain, which is also what happened in Germany and Japan. Exactly. Um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because uh, this is quite a rare thing in history. Um, usually the victor uh, pillages the, you know, the, the loser. Um, and uh, and um, if you look at it after World War One, you know, the Treaty of Versailles was a big mistake um, and it created immense bitterness in Germany and it's part of what led to World War Two. And then World War Two, that people realized, listen, we, we actually need to rebuild the economies and instead of uh, Punish. punishing them. And so, you know, you had the rebuilding of Japan, rebuilding of, of Germany, much of Europe, and um, and then we've we've had peace and prosperity for a long time. I think that this is possible. 
Yeah, Elon isn't a politician. He doesn't represent anybody. He's not elected. He is a business guy, scientist, turned conspiracy theorist if you look at the Wikipedia article on him. But yet he's speaking to the Prime Minister of Israel about what policies should be and what people should be doing there. Now, there's a couple different ways to think about this. He's a billionaire who loves humanity and he wants peace. And so he's reaching out and trying to build a coalition or whatever, you know, euphemistic globalist words for bipartisanship have been used in the past. And I think there's an element of truth to that. But what I really think is going on is that X is the media. X is the media. Traffic driven to a domain via Google Top 100 organic search results. X, 640.6 million. Instagram, 548.3 million. Facebook, 491.7 million. Now, of course, that shows that Facebook still has the most traffic because Facebook, or I should say Meta, owns Instagram. And so you tally those two things up and they have more reach. But X, look at that. X has more reach. More people watch X than anything else. And that is the reason why Elon Musk is in Israel. For that reason, he owns the biggest microphone. He owns the platform of the biggest microphone. That is the reason. Because if you look at, from a generational perspective, younger generations hate Israel. I don't know if it's they hate Jews. They might, but they do not like Israel. Watch this. Overall, this is the handling of the Israel-Hamas war. And again, it kind of measures overall up with Biden's foreign policy approval. But look at this. Among the oldest group of voters, 65 mm. plus, there's a majority who approve of how Biden is handling this. That's plus 12. Look at the youngest group of voters. 20 approve, 70 percent disapprove. He is 50 points underwater with the youngest group of voters. That is a 62-point net swing between youngest and oldest on this topic of Israel and Hamas. And it's a critical group of voters that he needs in order to win re-election, that's for sure. And it's a critical group of voters. People don't talk like that. She's talking like that to be important. It's a trained tactic. She's a tra and that's a critical group of importers. That's, she's coming alongside with his analysis, providing that conclusion. She's, she's talking down which is a way of kind of wrapping up a segment. It's a trained trained thing. Don't doubt me on that. Um, so, so my point for showing that, my point for showing that is that young people do not like the state of Israel. Because if Biden's coming off as pro-Israel or giving them money, which he was, that's when this clip was taken. Young people love, young people hate that. You know what? This is what people are doing to Lincoln statues right now. So you have these pro-Palestinian people. Now this is where I don't want to be so overly generic to put people in bunches, you know, in big, uh, big lumps. I can't talk today. Matthew 12, verse 30, Jesus says you're either with him or you're against him. Christians think in those categories. So if you give your thinking to other categories that are not Christ or not Christ, then you are not using biblical categories. So if I'm to make the daily news bow its knee to the king, 
You have to start with the categories of Christ and not Christ. So if you give your thinking to Palestinian or Israel, that's not actually the way that this conflict is arrayed. In fact, it is a controlled mechanism for creating a conflict whereby everything can be reduced down to I'm either for Israel or I'm for Palestine. And that way the people who are for Israel can look at the people who are for Palestine and call them terrorists and baby butchers and anti-Semites and all these other things. And the people that are for Palestine can look at the people that are for Israel and can call them uh, Kabbalah, they can call them uh, you know, Jewish shills, they can say all, the, all these other types of things. So this method, this uh, it's the Hegelian dialectic, where you take one thing, you polarize it with its opposite, you jam them together, and you get the synthesis. You get some type of uh, new thing. What people aren't recognizing is that before October 7, before the attacks on Israel, most of the conservatives in America, most of the conservatives were angling and aimed at the LGBTQ stuff. Where did those stories go of grown men in dresses diddling little kids or parading around in public? It seems like they've gone. It seems like they've just kind of completely vanished. Because now the attention is on the Gaza-Israeli conflict. But before that, it, before the LGBTQ stuff, it was on Ukraine. See, I believe that there are powers and principalities that are built for self-preservation. And they use lawlessness and sin in order to make it happen. The military-industrial complex is certainly one. The corruption in government, which is incestuous with the MIC, M-I-C, military-industrial complex, is another. But this is why Elon Musk buying Twitter is so powerful. Because I don't believe Elon is affiliated with the military-industrial complex. And so these people no longer control the microphone that Twitter was. Elon does. So when Elon, last week, comes out and he makes comments that the Jewish people or the Israeli people say were anti-Semitic, where he was saying that, you know, people shouldn't be killing Palestinian children. And there's been a lot of exploitation, specifically by the ADL, against free speech. Elon says, you have spoken the truth. And all of these people within Israel and the pro-Israel and the ADL for certain who make their living off of browbeating, censoring, and canceling people by calling them anti-Semites, they all jumped against Elon and now you have Elon in Israel. If Elon was me, they would just nuke him, cancel him, and be gone with him. Like they did. But Elon is the richest man who owns the biggest platform. They can't do that. They might be able to hit him financially by withdrawing advertisers, but they know they have already lost the younger generation. They've already lost it. I believe that this is a shrewd calculation by people who are in Israel to saddle up with Elon to make sure that they don't alienate him and ostracize him from the club. I believe that this is an invitation. I believe that it's also a type of training for Elon, whereby he's not a politician, he's not a diplomat, he's a business guy, conspiracy theorist, rocket scientist, who is now having to navigate the highest levels of the diplomatic waters. And he's recognizing that there's an influence in Israel with the Jewish people that he's going to have to be very particular on. He can't just railroad them. And if he tries, he's going to lose everything that he has. 
So this is incredibly interesting to me because on one hand, you have the biggest platform, the biggest microphone that gets the biggest reach, and it's able to speak to the younger generations who are already staggeringly opposed to the nation of Israel. They're already against these types of uh, Middle Eastern wars and um, what, what's it? Uh, what's the, the phrase, the forever to the sea, Palestine would be free? I, it's, it's dumb. It's dumb. But it's this idea that Palestine's going to take over all of Israel. There's a lot of hate there. There's a lot of hate. And people will say, well, it goes all the way back to Isaac and Ishmael. Well, no, it's just the fact that these people are sinners. I've said this before, Romans chapter 9, read your Bibles. For the Christians, read your Bibles. Romans chapter 9, verse 6 through 8. Not all Israel is of Israel. If you believe that modern Israel is of the Bible, you're going to have theological compulsion to support the nation state of Israel when the majority nation state of Israel is secular, hates Jesus Christ, and even the Orthodox Jews don't support the nation of Israel because the Orthodox Jews believe that Israel must first repent before God brings them back to the Holy Land. So even Orthodox Jews are supporting Palestine because Orthodox Jews believe that modern Israel is a fixture. It's just a, it's a fabricated theological mess and they don't want anything of it. So there is a lot of complexity to this issue until you just realize there's Christ or not Christ. So instead of trying to understand all the different groups and all the different competing agendas, just recognize this is sinful people using their levers of power, using optics, looking at the power that Elon has because of his wealth, his, uh, his quasi-celebrity status, and the pull and the influence of the, having the largest microphone, X, formerly known as Twitter, that is a power that has to be respected and is respected because he's getting a walking tour with the prime minister through the war zone that they're not cleaning up so that they can continue to show people that they were attacked. And that right there will merit me. Well, Jared, do you support the fact that 12 or 1400 is written? No, I don't. I want peace. You're, you're talking, you're listening to the guy that joined the army to go to Afghanistan to fight people because I thought 9-11 was an attack on our nation only to come to find out 15 years ish later I'm looking at the fact that no our government was deeply involved with that so why can't I take that notion of government of 9-11 was an inside job and apply it to the 10-7 attacks because right after the 10-7 attacks hasn't there really been an escalation there's been a pivot of military support from Ukraine to Israel by the United States and there's been an escalation of military operations all around the region. That's real. That's true. I don't like it. I want peace. And because I want peace, I don't think it's in the best interests of America to be uh, subjected to a nation that probably just allowed its own people to get attacked. And whenever the richest man in the world, who has the largest microphone of any social media platform, speaks about the bad practices of the Anti-Defamation League, which is defaming people, censoring them, canceling them from society, which is true, and they go after him, there's now this reconciliation where he's now saying on an X space 
that they need to treat Gaza like Germany and rebuild it? Couple different things. That means that it's got to be destroyed. It's got to be put into subjection, which I happen to believe you get rid of the militant Islamists because they're freaking evil and they know no bound. They are theologically motivated to go to your country to rape your women and to kill people. Surah chapter 9. Surah 9 verse 29. Fight those who do not believe and strike at them at their necks. That's Surah 973. Right, Surah 929 says to subject them and make them to either kill them or subject them and make them pay the jizya, which is the tax for not being a Muslim. The Jews, for their part, don't have the theological grant to go invade. You could say that they are deceptive and they warp intelligence agencies and they have spies like Jonathan Pollard, who was an American born Israeli spy who was arrested and then given to Israel, though this week was saying that he was trying to censor the people in Israel calling for a ceasefire because he wants to wipe Gaza off the map. This dude's an American, Israeli spy, calling for an escalation of war, talking about the incarceration of his own now new countrymen in Israel because they want a ceasefire. Like there is so much evil going on. So this is not a pro-Israel or uh, pro-Palestine issue. For me, it's a I'm an American, that's not America, they need to figure it out. My borders are wide open. Thousands of babies are being butchered in this nation every day. We still think marriage is man and man, woman and woman, and man versus dog and all sorts of other people, if there's marriage at all. We've got little kids that don't know that they're boys or don't know that they're girls. Like we have massive problems and I don't want our LGBTQ vaccinated uh, feminist led military to commit itself to another Middle Eastern conflict where it's going to have to come after people like me to say, hey, let's go fight this war that is unjust. It's unlawful. It's unconstitutional. Doesn't serve our needs. But we need you because you're a dude and you're aggressive. And that's what we've got out of our military to come fight our war for us. I'm completely against it. Completely against it. And I think every American should be too. I want to direct your attention to Humble Coffee. Or HumbleWB.coffee, HumbleWB.coffee. It's delicious air-roasted coffee, perfectly roasted on a cushion of air. Unlike 99% of coffees who put the bean in a metal dumpster, twist it around and set it on fire and load it up with the preservatives, air-roasted coffee at HumbleWB.coffee has no additives. It's all organic. It's all fair trade. There's no preservatives, and it's perfectly roasted on a cushion of air delivered right to your door, humblewb.coffee humblewb.coffee amen this is a video of french farmers pushing manure into a french tax office say that five times fast Yeah, uh, don't we all kind of want that? <laughs> don't you? It's the, there is political turmoil because I believe, you, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. I believe, first and foremost, God is shaking all the institutions to bring people back to him. I think that's the easiest way to look at it. 
This is a Hebrews chapter 12 situation. He's shaking everything to bring everything low so that the only thing still standing is the church. He did it in AD 70 when he destroyed Jerusalem, and now he's doing it again, I believe. He's going to destroy uh, information. He's going to destroy institutions. He's going to uh, humble governments. And people will be brought low. This type of turmoil and uprising, I believe, will only increase. The fiat system, the fiat currencies anchored by the petrodollar, which requires the military predicate in the Middle East so they could guard the oil fields, is something that the chickens are finally coming home to roost. I believe that with the globalists pushing lawlessness, pushing depravity, pushing this evil so much and it being corrupt and enriching themselves and denying the law, they've made it to where people are going to say, we don't trust you anymore. We don't support you anymore. And we don't fear you anymore. And so now it's kind of like the land run of Oklahoma where they kind of you know pulled the trigger in COVID and now it's this land run. Who's going to go stake their claim and who's going to go figure out how to build the new world, the new post-COVID world? I believe that's what's going on. Another part of this is open borders. This is a graphic of Dublin. Dublin is the capital of Ireland. And in 2006, the green, the, the, the darker the green, the wider the Irish. That's 2006, 64.8% white Irish, which is the natives, by the way. Here you have 2022. So what's that? 14 years later. 18 years later. Can't even do my math. 18 years later. White Irish, 43%. Dublin is getting browner. Now that's a really big deal because the people from Ireland who aren't Irish don't look like Ireland, don't look like Irish people, don't speak like them, don't believe like them, don't behave like them. I believe that this is a purposeful destabilizing of nations, specifically Western nations, because the West is, is uh, generally tracking with the influence of Christianity. And as Christianity shaped and developed the Western nations, the Western nations became prosperous. Not because white people are better than brown people, but because Christianity is where liberty is. That's where the prosperity is. That's where the righteousness is. That's where the truth is. That's where the peace is. When the, when the settlers came to, the, to North America, the Native Americans, the, the, the Indians, didn't even have the wheel. So you can't tell me that there, there's, a, there's a difference. Christianity brings about thinking. It brings about postulating of the world, seeing how you can build things better. Not to say other people don't, but the major developments in science come from Christians. So now you have a generally Catholic country, Ireland, who's looking at this mass migration of people largely from Africa, which are Muslims, and they are changing the nation of Ireland. Over the weekend, there was a five-year-old girl that was stabbed. She's in grave condition. She's not dead, thank God. Pray for her recovery. But that sparked, and I covered it last week, that sparked massive protests by native Irish. It's increasing. So you've got manure in France. You've got the stabbed five-year-old girl in Ireland. And this is, I believe, as a result of demographic change. It's a result of uh, corruption in government. It's a result of a lot of this bad stuff. Leading to a, a senator in Ireland 
who's a member of the Green Party, saying this. When you think about it, all law, all legislation is about the restriction of freedom. That's exactly what we're doing here, is we are restricting freedom, but we're doing it for the common good. You will see throughout our Constitution, yes, you have rights, but they are restricted for the common good. Everything needs to be balanced. And if your views on other people's identities go to make their lives unsafe, insecure, and cause them such deep discomfort that they cannot live in peace, then I believe that it is our job as legislators to restrict those freedoms for the common good. Yeah, that's just evil. <laughs> She's just evil, dumb, and wrong. Uh, you know, it's... First, you know, uh, I, I believe Ireland is a, uh, it's a common law nation, which means that the common good would follow the common right. So if you have the right uh, to speak, right, if you have the right of free speech, then you can't restrict that speech for the common good because that goes against the common right. A common right is that which is common to everybody. Everyone has that right. So the public good can't derogate, can't go against the common right. It can't. This is just wrong, but it shows a overdeveloped feminine personality, uh, feminist perspective. Not feminine. That's different than feminism. Feminism is this: we're going to use safety as the Trojan horse to control and be the authoritarian, instead of the masculine perspective, which is just the we're going to take you over, shoot you in the face, and smash you. The feminist perspective is we have to have peace and safety and treat everybody nice and tolerate things while we censor you, cancel you, and crush you into oblivion. Amen. But she's just wrong. Now, I want to pivot back home, if I can, to America and speak to this idea of how corrupt our government is. Last week, there was someone on the Sean Ryan show speaking about the fact that people need to be indicted. The truth of the Jeffrey Epstein client list needs to be divulged. He's saying stuff that I politically agree with. I want to add, if I could, a little bit of law when he's saying this because his idea, I, I agree with his ideas. I think that his ideas are off and that will make it to where we still don't get righteousness. I'll explain after, go ahead. Let's say someone lived down the block from you and you knew that they were aiding and betting child trafficking. I mean, you would never trust them. You would never let your kids near them. And here our government is aiding and betting child trafficking. I mean, so how can we trust our government? We cannot, we've reached a point where we cannot trust our government. If, if our government is that corrupt, we can, we can no longer trust the government. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a if our government is that corrupt. I it's, think it's a, our government I mean, is, that is that corrupt, corrupt. in multiple arenas. And But here's the thing. With Epstein justice, if we dig down into Epstein, we will come across the cesspool that I believe is contaminating other large parts of the government. And then that's where we can make meaningful change at that point is we have to we have to make the, sure that the government indicts those perpetrators, indicts those procurers, and tells us why. Tells the American people why it covered up Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with that. 
I think it does. I do do think that child sex trafficking is real. I think it's evil. I think it's a big uh, form of slavery today. I've seen it in the, um, or at least I've written notices. And when God gave me the victory a couple weeks ago to get that family of five children out of CPS in Mississippi, I mean, I know that the Social Security Act of 1935 specifically says, Title 11, Section 11016D, that no one from the federal government can use any provision of the Social Security Act to take control of of children against the exceptions of parents or anyone operating or acting in local parentis. This means that if parents tell people in the government, you can't take my kids, then the government can't take the kids and be paid Title 42 funds from Social Security Trust. But that's what they're doing. So that's a form of child trafficking facilitated by the Social Security money. So if you're a baby boomer, if you're on someone who's got um, you know fixed income or something like that, Social Security trust money, the money that they've taken from you for decades, it's being used to pay everybody, literally everybody, even the attorneys, the judges, the people in the courts, the guardian ad litems, it's being used to pay everybody who's involved with CPS, DHS, whatever the state level entity is for uh, you know taking care of children. It's it, they, they do that on purpose. They deprive you of your trial by jury. They deprive you of your due process of law. They do all this stuff. And so I believe that it's a multi-billion dollar a year industry. And I think that he's absolutely right. I think that it would show the people that are involved in all the bad corruption. One of the problems that I see, even though I generally agree with everything he's saying, one of the problems that I see is that it's not just about indicting people. It's about people understanding the law so that they understand that the indictments are true. I don't want to indict these people under statute, for example. I want to indict these people under the fact that they harmed me individually. They harmed you individually. They harmed and committed a wrong against your rights. I want you to know the law so that you can better defend yourself and you get actual justice and righteousness. Because if these people were like, well, uh, you know, uh, class C felony for looking at a child picture or something and you got five years, that's not justice. That's not justice. And I don't want I don't want people to be able to say, well, they're being indicted or well, they're being prosecuted. That ticks the tally. No, 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 no. The justice is not the fact that you're being indicted. It's not the fact that you're being prosecuted. It's not even the fact that you're guilty of a crime. The justice is I'm recognizing how you harmed me and I'm getting justice for that wrong. When he posits, we need to be indicting these people and we need to tell the American people why they did what they did. I agree you need to tell the American people why they did what they did. What I don't agree with is you don't indict in order to show. You teach them the truth and then the indictments will follow. You don't use your government to teach your people. The people have all the power. The people made government. So when the government teaches the people, the people are oppressed, which is what we have right now. Public schools, law schools, all of these things are done by the government and done by these entities that are colluding with the government to sue people in courts for money. But when the people know the truth, they will smash. And that's when justice happens, when the truth is known. So I, I hope that makes sense, but I just wanted to reposition that a little bit if I could. Because I think it's important that people understand the truth and the law 
instead of just going along with what makes them feel good. I, you know, I, I think that most people, whenever they come across the Jeffrey Epstein, you know, uh, issue, when they when they finally wrap their mind around the fact that there is evil, satanic child sex trafficking, and they want justice, of course, amen, they do. But also to do it the right way, instead of like giving that over to somebody else and trusting them to do it, because how do we know that they're not in on it too? And how do we know that if they go through and do stuff, that there's not a technicality that gets somebody off or hides something or does whatever? How do we know that? See, I, I don't have any trust anymore. Uh, I don't have any trust of people in government. What I do have is a knowledge of what the law is, and I will, by God's grace, stand in faith and serve notice and affidavit of what the fundamental law is and hold people accountable. That's what I want to do. Amen. And I believe that that's what we should be doing. Hey, I want to do this, um, what's this called? This uh, Richard, excuse me, Daniel Richard. Daniel Richard is a patriot in New Hampshire. He has a case, go, he's, he's got a lawsuit going to the Supreme Court on Wednesday. Today is Monday, so 11-29-2023. Uh, there will be, he will argue by himself, for himself, uh, to the United States Supreme Court. It involves election stuff. The form of election, the modes of election. I want to play this clip from Lindell TV. It has, um, oh, what's his name? Um, yeah, obviously, it's got Mike Lindell, it's got Daniel Richard, and it's got um, Brennan Howes. Uh, watch this commentary follows. All right, welcome back. Daniel is with us, Daniel Richard. He'll be arguing the case. They say he's not an attorney. What he is is a constitutional scholar. But Daniel, explain to our audience how it is. Uh, uh, obviously, there's not a requirement in your state to argue a case if you're not part of the bar. That's exactly right. Um, I'm not arguing on behalf of somebody else. I'm not interfering with uh, their profession. Uh, you have the constitutional right in New Hampshire to protect your own rights. And so our Bill of Rights has 38 enumerated rights. And it is your personal responsibility to know what they are and fight for them yourself if you want to protect yourself and your rights. So you've waited for you've worked for three years to get this to the court. Now, before we get into what you're going to be arguing, tell me what that process is like. And are you shocked the courts accepted your hearing, which you'll you'll have on November 29th? Yeah, um, what I did is I used the, uh, uh, the, the, the superior court first in order to bring a complaint, and I argued that my, all of my complaints are the same, that the legislature has violated the procedural due process required to change our election laws. Our state constitution cannot be altered by a statute, and that's what they've done. They've simply, where they could not amend the, the voting laws, by, by provision of, the, of uh, the, amending the Constitution, they simply legislate. And so each of my complaints is predicated on the same thing. So I allege that they changed uh, the who was qualified to vote, uh, created absentee voting or expanded absentee voting by statute, creating five additional exemptions, and then using voting machines to conceal and cover up illegal, unverified, uncertified absentee ballots. Hey Amen. I want to pause right there and I want to say I hope he wins. I will pray that this man wins his case at the Supreme Court and that uh, the voting machines are, are thrown out. I, uh, having learned law from my friend, brother in Christ, Dave Jose at Real Dave Cares For You, number four on Twitter or Telegram, um, I recognized automatically he calls himself pro se. 
Pro se is a designation in pleading where you are representing yourself. This tells me he is not actually asserting his right. He's pleading a case as though a party in a civil suit. This means that he's actually participating in a statutory jurisdiction making a constitutional challenge. Now, while I believe that he's right, I mean, we could look at the, um, we could look at the, uh, what's it called? We could look at the, we could look at the New Hampshire Constitution, New Hampshire Constitution part first, right? You scroll down all the way. He said Article 31 and 32. Well, here's, here's the, um, here's the case. Richard's, Richard versus Speaker of the House of Representatives, right? And it says here in the pleadings that he did the plaintiff sought under part one articles 31 and 32 of the state constitution and then we'll so we'll stop right there so this is part 31 and 32 of the constitution the legislature shall assemble for the redress of public grievances and for making such laws as the public good may require so this is what he's suing for he's suing to make them uh assemble come back into office come back and assemble to write legislation for the public good, get rid of the bad election laws to include absentee uh, expansion and voting machines. And then here's third 32. The people have a right in an orderly and peaceable manner to assemble and consult for the common good, give instructions to the representatives, and to request the legislative body by way of petition or remonstrance, redress of wrongs done them, and the grievances they suffer. Now, the beautiful thing that he's doing is he's arguing the state constitution. That's good. I completely agree with what he's doing. The, the bad thing that I see that I do not push, put past, uh, you know, these lawyers that have a Luke 1152 the place, Luke 1152, what I don't put, put past them is the fact that he's coming pro se. He's litigating as someone who's representing himself. That is really, really bad because... He's not coming as someone who creates Republican forms of government. Your status in the law is the very first issue that you have to understand. This is, uh, I wrote a post on my Telegram channel the other day about Paul in Acts 22. Paul was getting beat by a Roman guard and he looked at the guard and he said, are you going to do this to a Roman who hasn't been, you know, are you going to do this to someone who hasn't been prosecuted, even to a Roman? And the guy was like, holy crap, went and he got the chief captain. The Bible says the chief captain come and spoke to Paul and the chief captain was saying, hey, you know, I, I had to pay for my freedom. And Paul was like, yeah, I'm natural born. So Paul is making a status argument in the law. He's saying I'm a Roman by right. Caesar didn't make Paul a Roman. Paul was a Roman by birth. So Paul was able to stand in his status as a Roman by right. And Caesar did not approve or deny the rights. They were there. And people at that time understood that, which is why the chief guards, this is why the chief captain and the guards in Acts 22 let him out. And whenever they were like, hey, you can let yourself out. He's like, no, 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 no. They can come get me and let me out because Paul knew the law. Paul knew what the law was and he stood on it for righteousness sake. Amen. God bless. Likewise, Daniel Richard is making a he's making a constitutional argument inside of a statutory lawsuit. I believe he will lose because he's not standing on uh, on the status as one of the people. The constitutions and we go back to New Hampshire. If we go back to New Hampshire, 
the Constitution speak about people, right? All men are born equal and free. Amen. Right? Originates with the people. The people. If you're one of the people, you are someone with all government of right originates from the people. This means that government is formed by people. If you tell your government, I am one of the people, you are telling the government you are someone who made them. I am your daddy. I am the boss. I am the creator. I create Republican forms of government. That's what you have to do. And so his status as pro se is diminished in the law, which is actually going to be a pleading that puts him on par with an attorney. And I believe that he'll, I believe that there will be a artful presentation of the law that looks to the efficacy of the New Hampshire state constitution, which is the highest law and should crush these people. But because you don't have a broad diffusion of knowledge of the law and you have bad actors in government, they will work their magic. They will Luke 1152 the situation and toss him out. I, I hope I'm wrong. I pray that I'm wrong. But he's not arguing maladministration. You heard him say he's arguing procedural due process. He's arguing what the legislature has created for the legislature to change things. That's not a constitutional argument. He's arguing constitutional rights according to procedural and statutory permissions. So he's taken what God has given him and he's subjected it underneath what the Congress has created, what the what the government has created. Now he's now I want to play another clip because we'll we'll put this into context. So we'll play this and then we'll follow up. Go ahead. Um, I, I want to ask you, um, Richard or Daniel, did it surprise you the pushback you got and that it's taken this long to get your day? Or did you go to court and then now we're at the Supreme Court? So have you already went through all these processes and, and they, they, they expect you to give up by now probably, right? They absolutely do. And had I not self-taught myself to bring this fight, I couldn't afford it. Most people can't. Most people don't have the resources to fight back because I've been told by several lawyers that no one could have afforded the legal bill for all the research I did to bring the fight myself. Wow. And so life circumstances happened that allowed me to do that. So that's why I did it. I want to come alongside the guy and I want to say amen, God bless, and kudos. And recognize it took someone who's not law school trained, who taught themselves, who read the basics to come up with this. And then also recognize that Lindell asked the question because Lindell is paying a fortune to law school attorneys. He ain't getting nowhere with it. So he's paying a fortune with law school attorneys. And uh, the guy, Daniel Richards, said that the, the legal costs would be prohibitive for the research. Why do they have to do research when it's the Constitution? Folks, this, this is the, I want to I want to see if I can hit this. If a lawyer's, if the definition of a lawyer is one learned in the law, and it is, then how do you be a lawyer in America and not know the law, which is the Constitution? How do you need, why do you need to do research when you have by right, by right, look at this, you have the right, or was it part first, New Hampshire Constitution, Article 32. People have a right 
You don't need to research that. There can be no rulemaking or legislating that abrogates the, ex the exercise of a right. If you have the right in an orderly and peaceable manner to assemble and consult for the common good, then no one in government can write a freaking code, regulation, case law, citation. They can't stop you. You can give instructions to your representatives. They can't stop you. You can request from the legislative body by way of petition, remonstrance, redress of the wrongs to them and the grievances they suffer. They can't stop you. So when this guy is arguing his rights, amen, lawyers don't do that. When he's arguing his rights inside of a, a, inside of a civil lawsuit, he's not actually coming to them as someone who creates government. He's coming to them as Oliver Twist, who read a couple books. He's still a slave to the system because he's using the way that the system has developed itself and that they will chew him up and spit him out. I, I pray that I'm wrong. I pray that I'm wrong and I will say, yeah, I, I, I'm wrong. I'm glad the Supreme Court voted it. I'm glad the Supreme Court gave him remedy. Because if you read the, the pleadings, he's actually speaking about equitable remedy. He's actually speaking about equitable remedy. He's not actually speaking about the law. He's, 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 he's doing it in equity. He's saying, you guys owe me an equitable, uh, dismiss the complaint seeking equitable relief. He's, seen, he's seeking equitable relief instead of the law. The law, so let, let me, this is how I would do it. This is how I would do it. Let's, let's find where's the elections. I, I, now, I haven't read the, the thing, so let's go up to elections. Natural rights, bearing of arms, right to privacy, society, conscience, religious, morality, piety, state sovereignty. Let's just do this. Control F, elections. Elections, there we go, Article 11. Elections are to be free and every inhabitant. There you go, free. Well, let's. we can look up the definition. Look at it. Um, the general court shall provide by law, right? Uh, qualified electors by by biennial or state elections, primary elections, city of city elections or town elections by official ballot, right? Historical analysis method. What's the definition of ballot, right? Um, what was it? New Hampshire was brought into the uh, New Hampshire was one of the original first thirteen. Ballot. I guarantee you, using the historical analysis method doesn't mean um, a voting machine. But it's, it's, it's the idea that whenever you create government, whenever you stand as one of the people, which is the highest status in law because we create government, when you stand as one of the people, you come to government by right, which means Jesus gave you the ability to do this. And if Jesus gave you that ability, no one in government can tell you how to do it. So when you do it and government says, you have to follow our laws, you slap them on the hand and you tell them, you clown, I got the right to remonstrance, which is a rebuke. I can tell you you're stupid. I can tell you what you're doing is wrong. And I can write it in freaking crayons on toilet paper if I wanted to. You're a hoax. But people don't know this. And when they self-teach themselves, that's good. 
But when they recognize that they're self-learning to compete in the system that it exists, you have to indict the system by getting underneath the system, which is where the government was created by people. I can do this by right. I don't have to follow, follow your filing requirements. I don't have to follow your deadlines. I don't have to put it in your format. I don't have to do those things because I'm the boss. I'm the king. I'm one of the people. I'm coming here by right. I'm using my rights from Jesus to change the government because that's what you swore that you would do. I pray that I'm wrong. I pray that he gets it. I want election integrity. I'm not, I'm not trying to black pill. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm not trying to say this. What I'm trying to say is that the law is so clear and powerful and, and, and profound. But our training, our education... The reinforcement of our programmings through our eyes, through our ears, for the key terrain of the mind, the prize of the soul, has us so far off what the foundation is. When we don't look at what the authority is, we are warping what he says. Which was the analysis back for the Israel of Gaza stuff. Jesus says there are those in Christ and not Christ. Those are Christ's categories. If you use not Christ's categories, and I do, I do. If you use categories Christ doesn't use, then you're using categories Christ doesn't use. In the law, there is the law, the constitutions. That is the law. If laws are made in pursuance to the constitution, they are specific laws that come from the general grant of power. Well, who wrote the constitutions? The people. So when the people created a government, they created government and said, this is the law you will obey. Everyone in government says, I swear that I will obey the law. If you do not start with the law, you are not starting with the law. When this man comes to the courts and he files his lawsuits... He's participating in a court, you, you heard him say it, procedural due process. He, what he did, I'll just show you. This is Blackstone's Commentaries. Blackstone's Commentaries, Volume 3. Blackstone's Commentaries, Volume 3. Let me do this real fast. We bring this up, handy dandy camera. We go down to Ritz, right? He wrote, or, I'm sorry, sorry, let me do uh, this. He wrote, Richard, Daniel Richard wrote this. Let me jihad this. Daniel uh, Richard, he wrote, um, the trial court dismissed as writs for mandamus and prohibition, right? So the, the way he got there was he wrote writs of, pro, of mandamus and prohibition. Keep that in mind. Because when we look at the writs, Right? We look here. This is Blackstone's Commentaries. Right? So it's Blackstone's Blackstone's Commentaries. Blackstone's Commentaries, Volume 3. We look at page 130. We're talking about private. This is Book 3. When we look at this, we say, um, where was it? Um, such as, so this is, it's weird, weird S's. This is lastly. So when you read old books, you have to read old book language. Right? Uh, where do I want? Where do I want? This is where I wanted. 
Um, in the king's court, in the king, in the court of the king's bench. So this would have been the supreme court of the day, and is still necessary to apply for it by motion of the court. So these are for writs, as in the case all other prerogative writs, shortiari, prohibition, mandamus. What did he? What did the guy do? What did uh, Daniel do? He did writs of mandamus and prohibition. So the guy is using common law writs, right? He's using common law writs, prohibition, mandamus, which do not issue as mere course. What did he do? He's, he's filing a lawsuit as mere course. When he's filing his lawsuit in civil court, civil court is for the government, right? Common law is for the people. So when he's filing these common law writs as mere course in a civil court, he is actually undermining what these writs are and what they do, right? Which do not issue as mere course. So these writs are not given. And you can find out what a writ of prohibition is and what a writ of mandamus is because he speaks to it, right? Uh, here is where he's, uh, where's it at, right? There's the man prize, which is getting people back. Um... You know, there's there's ways that so there, there's writs, and you guys can take the time to read them if you want, right? So he's he's saying here, Blackstone is saying here, they do not issue as mere course without showing some probable cause why the extraordinary power of the crown is called into the party's assistance. So you're not going to get these writs until you show what mere cause, what probable cause this extraordinary power of these common law writs are needed for. So if you're using common law writs in civil suits, you've just undermined what these writs do. But let's just keep going. For, as was argued by the Lord Chief Justice Vaughn, it is granted on motion because it cannot be had of course. And there is therefore no necessity to grant it. For the court ought to be satisfied that the party hath a probable cause to be delivered. This means that if a, co if a court is hearing one of these uh, writs... It has granted probable cause. What's the problem there? What's the problem there? If the court has to grant a writ based on probable cause, what's the problem? The problem is the petitioner isn't coming by right. The petitioner is coming by course of law. He's participating in the system. Because he's filing the civil lawsuit in the civil court, trying to get his equity, his equitable remedy, by way of uh, you know civil litigation, he's acting just like an attorney instead of standing on his rights as one of the people. And because of this, he's using common law. He's using these writs in a civil lawsuit with civil procedural due process. And I think he's going to get chewed up. Not because he's wrong. But because he's not right. He's not making it judicially known to the court. That he is one of the people. And he has by right the power to change government. He's not arguing that. He's arguing procedural due process. And as a result of that, the Supreme Court will likely say, yeah, these people didn't do what they were supposed to. But we're going to keep these elections because you haven't 
you know, you haven't, um, you know, you haven't asked for the remedy. And that's the other part is like, in, 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 unless you can, unless you can show what the law says, all he's doing is saying you've, you've gone against procedure, which is a good argument, by the way. It's a very good argument, but he's not making it. He's not making that argument. And then the court will only know what's judicially made in front of it. As you know, by right, you have the right to instruct your legislators. You have the right to instruct your representatives. You can send notice and affidavit directly to any trustee because any trustee in government is always bound by the law to defend your rights. Always. Period. And when you tell them that they're not following the law or when you give them evidence that your rights are being trespassed, there is nothing that they can hide behind to not give you the assistance to remedy your wrong. That's the law. But that's not what this guy's doing. That's not what he's doing. He's self-taught and that's good. I appreciate that. But in my uh, opinion, he's not standing as one of the people. He's pro se. He's litigating a uh, he's litigating uh, writs in a statutory jurisdiction, which means he's grant the presumption. Um, he's he's granted the court statutory jurisdiction, and the court will strike down the the, the court will strike down the justiciable issue based on the jurisdiction, the statutory jurisdiction that he's entered in. That I, I, that's that's what I think is going to happen. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Speaking of hoping, you must put faith in Jesus. Do not live on this earth. Do not live on this earth. Do not go about living your life without putting faith in Jesus. Do not hope that whenever you die, God will like you and say, you know what? You kind of you gave people money that one time. You shared funny memes on the internet. You were kind of a good dude. You didn't actually kill people. You supported the right cause. You got your four vaccines. Don't put your hope in crap. Put your hope in Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The only reason I do this is to get as big an audience as possible and keep them so that I can bring them to the gospel and tell them about Jesus. If you do not believe in Jesus, that he died for your sins on the cross, that he was buried, and three days later he physically rose from the grave. If you do not trust in him for eternal salvation, to wash away your sins, you are going to hell. I don't want that for you. I might not like you, but I love you. And my duty, my mission, is to bring and preach the gospel. Woe unto me if I do not preach the gospel. The way that I try to do it is by bringing the daily news and making it bow to the king, and we capstone it, always capstone it, with the cornerstone, which is Christ. And you must know Christ. If you do not know him, you must believe the gospel. This morning I did a Bible study on Mark. We, we It was the beginning of Mark. You can check that out. Read your Bibles. Believe your Bibles. The most important thing is to believe the gospel. When you believe the gospel, you are born again. You will do as what he says you will do. You will follow him. You will obey him. You get to live for him. And then whenever you die, you are with him. Forever, for eternity. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Believe the gospel, my friends. Folks, this is the end of the month. I would ask that you go ahead and do the patriotswitch.com slash option slash Jaren option. <sighs> a, lot of, a lot of words. I, I don't have a script, people. 
You know, some people do a read on an ad or something. They've got a script and they just read. I don't do that. I try to make it different and off the cuff every time. A great way to bless me for the holiday season is to do the patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. There's, of course, there's the, the opportunity to switch your money from the, the from the godless commie globalists to American manufacturing. That's obvious. There's the opportunity to uh, recalibrate and learn how to make your dollars as bullets in the financial war that's ongoing. Of course, that's awesome. You get direct product purchase as a member of a private organization that comes direct to your door, which is convenient. Products are made very short because, or very quickly from the time of purchase because they're vertically integrated. So they control all the manufacturing operations. So you're not actually getting a household product that's been large purchased ordered by Walmart or Costco or whatever and sat on the store shelf for five years before you ordered it. You're not getting that. You're getting something that's been made within two weeks from whenever it's delivered to you within two days, which is awesome. Plus the cost savings because Biden economics is in full play. And it's going to get worse because the election's coming up. But all, all of those good things aside, one of the best ways that you can do that is to bless me in the work that I do in this holiday season, this Christmas season, the advent of Jesus. This is one of the best ways that I get supported for doing what I do. And that is at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow. Till then, I am Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Go to war.